One of my favorite baseball books of all time is called Baseball When the Grass Was Real by Donald Honig. Each chapter is about a player who played in the 1920s or 30s and what life was like back then. There's a chapter in there on Clyde Sukforth, who played for the Reds and Dodgers. But the really interesting part of his chapter for me was a story he told from his time as a scout for the Pirates in the 1950s. Sukforth was supposed to go see the Montreal Royals, a Dodger farm team, to scout a pitcher named Joe Black. But when he got there, he noticed a young player who was taking fly balls pregame and who had a cannon for an arm. And then that player pinch hit during the game and hit a ground ball to short and got to first as fast as any player Sukforth had ever seen. Sukforth listened for the PA announcer so he could hear the player's name. Number 21, Roberto Clemente. He made a note of it, and so did I. I'm Dan Schulman, and this is A Swing and a Belt. If I can uh, have my help, I could work. I don't care if I'm a janitor, I don't care if I drive a cab. As long as I have a decent job, I will work. I know the big shot. If you go outside the ballpark, you're never going to see me uh, trying to put a show or try to call the attention for anybody because that's the way I am. I, I'm a quiet fellow. And I just worry that I be healthy. I live it long enough to educate my sons and make them respect people. I respect them. And uh, this is something that, that to me, this is my biggest worry to live to my kids to be a person that everybody, when they look at them, respect them and they vice versa, they respect the people. Different ethnic groups have had different heroes when it comes to baseball. For many Italians, it will always be Joe DiMaggio. Jewish fans adore Sandy Koufax. For African-American fans, it's Jackie Robinson. And for baseball fans from Puerto Rico and many other Latin American countries as well, it's Roberto Clemente. He could run, he could hit, he could throw. We used to go out and watch Roberto throw during infield practice. A Hall of Famer who lost his life in a plane crash on New Year's Eve 1972 at the age of 38, trying to deliver emergency supplies to victims of an earthquake in Nicaragua. Another plane crash last night, a four-engine DC-7 loaded with supplies for Nicaraguan earthquake victims fell into the ocean after takeoff from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Among five persons aboard, Pittsburgh Pirates baseball superstar Roberto Clemente. He was passionate, he was fiery, he was an incredible talent, and he was taken far too soon. But he has lived on in Puerto Rico, in Pittsburgh, and in the hearts of so many in the baseball world. Baseball celebrates him on this day, and I wanted to find out what he means to those in the game, and was lucky enough to have some people willing to lend their voices to this story. You know, he's every Puerto Rican's idol. You know, there's a saying in Puerto Rico that, that says every Puerto Rican wears number 21 in their backs, and that's just so true. That's Charlie Montoyo, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, a native of Florida, Puerto Rico. Charlie owns 10, count them, 10 different Roberto Clemente t-shirts and reveres Clemente, and he is not alone. On one and one, Delgado clocks one, deep center field, back to the wall. Carlos Delgado was a feared slugger during a stellar 16-year career with the Blue Jays, Marlins, and Mets. 
his fourth of the year, career home run number 473, and now the Mets have a 6-2 lead. Born in Aguadilla, Puerto Rico, Delgado hit 473 home runs and drove in more than 1,500 runs in his career. As a Puerto Rican kid, I mean, since the day you were born and you start talking about sports and, and other things in life, the Roberto Clemente name keep popping up. And then at some point you start to understand why it was so important, why the biggest basketball arena has the Roberto Clemente name, why the stadium has the Roberto Clemente name, why the school has the Roberto Clemente name, why that avenue in Carolina has the Roberto Clemente name. So this amazing baseball player not only was a great baseball player, he was only a great humanitarian. He was a person that was always looking to make other people better. And, and we've been talking for the last couple of days, all the stuff that Clemente done. In, 19, in the 1960s in the United States, you're black, Latino, and barely speak English with a very strong accent. And you're trying to get your point across in a very respectful manner that we are looking for better rights. We are looking for equality. We don't want any more racism. If I ain't good enough to play here, I have to be good enough to be treated like the rest of the players. So I don't want to be put in the bathroom because I came here from Puerto Rico. I want to be right there in front of everybody. And this is something that uh, from the first day, I said to myself, I am poor people. I represent the, the common people of America. So I'm going to be treated as a, or a Puerto Rican or nothing like that. I want to treat like any person that comes for a job and every person that comes for a job, no matter who he is or what kind of a race or color he is, if he does the job, he should be treated like, uh, like, like white. So it's remarkable to the point that 48 years later, we're having this conversation and a day like September 9, 2020, we are celebrating the Roberto Clemente Day with the Pirates wearing number 21 in their jerseys. So these are big strides. These are very important. I wish it was done sooner, but I mean, we take it with a grain of salt. We're moving in the right direction. And what Clemente means to us is so, so important. That's why we're so proud. Clemente was born August 18, 1934, in Carolina, Puerto Rico. After playing winter ball as an 18-year-old, Clemente was offered a contract by the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1954 and played that season for the Montreal Royals, a AAA affiliate of the Dodgers, and the same team Jackie Robinson played on in 1946. But the Royals didn't play Clemente for long stretches of that season, reportedly because they wanted to hide his talent from other teams, who may have been interested in picking him in the Rule 5 draft. The rules of the day stated that any player who had signed for a bonus in excess of $4,000 had to go through the draft before he could be called up if he had been signed to a minor league contract, which Clemente had been. The Dodgers, who were a contender, apparently decided that they didn't have room on their roster for Clemente, who was not even yet 20 years old and still somewhat raw. So they sent him to Montreal and hoped no other teams would notice him. He only started 37 games that season. He basically platooned, starting only against left-handed pitchers, and compiled unremarkable stats. Yes, he was just 19, but his numbers in Montreal shouldn't have been something that would make any other teams take notice.
The Pittsburgh Pirates were the worst team in the National League in 1954. They would finish 53 and 101, 44 games behind the first place Giants. They needed talent. Branch Rickey, the same Branch Rickey who ran the Dodgers when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, was now in charge of the Pirates. And he was interested in a Dodger farmhand whom I mentioned earlier, Joe Black. So Ricky dispatched Clyde Sukforth, one of his top scouts, to have a look at Black when Montreal played a series in Richmond, Virginia. Sukforth arrives in Richmond and, like any good scout, starts watching both teams take BP and fielding practice before the game. And that's when he notices this kid with a great arm and blazing speed, Roberto Clemente. Fast forward now a few months. Clemente is now playing winter ball in Puerto Rico. So there was no platooning him now. He played every day and was hitting 380, second in the league behind only Willie Mays. It's now November 22nd, 1954, the day of the draft. And so, after some more internal debate and some more prodding from Sukforth, the Pirates selected Clemente from the Dodgers. Imagine for a moment what might have been had that not happened. Clemente would have played with Jackie Robinson in Brooklyn for a couple of years before Robinson retired. And he would have played in Los Angeles with Sandy Koufax, Don Drysdale, Duke Snyder, and so many other great players. But Clyde Sukforth and fate intervened. And so Clemente will always be Pittsburgh's favorite son. The tribute, the biggest tribute paid to me have been paid by the Puerto Rican people and the Pittsburgh fans. These people have been wonderful to me and I think they have pushed me to accomplish what I have accomplished because by the way they treat me, I said that the only thing I had to do is to try to sacrifice myself more and try to pay them with the same tribute that they pay me. Marley Rivera is a baseball writer and reporter for ESPN and ESPN.com. Marley was born in the San Juan metro area and like every baseball fan in Puerto Rico, knew all about Clemente as she was growing up. One of the things that happens when people know that you either cover baseball, you're a writer or a reporter, the first question that you tend to get is, what team did you root for, right? What team did you grow up rooting for as a child? Did you have a favorite player or a favorite team? And the question, if you post that question to any Puerto Rican person, they will automatically say that they were born into being a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. And the reason because of that is because of number 21, there isn't a bigger legend in Puerto Rico than Roberto Clemente. You know, I didn't get to see him play live, right? I was born in 1975. And as we well know, he died in 1972, as we know, in that terrible, tragic accident on New Year's Eve. And since I was born, since I have a use of reason or watching baseball, I knew who Clemente was. And he is the reason why I watch baseball, why my parents love baseball, why I grew up and probably, you know, if you extrapolated the reason why I'm in this business, because it's where that love of baseball comes from. And I think if you ask any Puerto Rican person, right, who their first team was, who their first love was, it's the Pirates. Charlie Montoyo can take it even a step further. I remember meeting him, you know, well, you know, I didn't talk to him, but I was like five years old when I went to a clinic in San Juan and it happened to be rained out. But I remember just seeing him for the first time, you know, and it was like, oh, my God, you know, one of those times like that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I'm never going to forget that. 
Clemente won a World Series relatively early in his career. In 1960, the Pirates, despite being outscored 55-27 to in the series, defeated the Yankees in seven games on Bill Mazeroski's legendary home run in the bottom of the ninth. Art Dittbar throws. Here's a swing and a high fly ball going deep to left. Let's they do it. Back to the wall goes Barra. It is over the front corner and the Pirates win. Clemente did his part with nine hits in 29 at-bats. Ladies and gentlemen, Mazeroski has hit a one nothing pitch over the left field fence at Forbes Field to win the 1960 World Series for the Pittsburgh Pirates by a score of 10 to nothing. Once again, that final score, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the 1960 World Champions, defeat the New York Yankees, the Pirates 10, and the Yankees 9. Clemente would get another chance in 1971 when he and Willie Stargell led the Bucks into the Fall Classic against the Baltimore Orioles, who went 101-53 and that season and had four 20-game winners on their staff. He liked to use foul line to foul line. If a guy was throwing exceptionally hard, he wouldn't try and pull him. He would hit the ball where it's pitched and could hit it as hard as anyone to the opposite field. Uh -huh. uh, and when he when he pulled the ball, he could pull it and hit it as far as anyone. That's what kind of hitter Roberto was. Uh, a lot of people really didn't get a chance to see him until 1971 World Series. How did he play in the World Series against the Orioles? George, that was Roberto's moment of glory because the entire world watched the 1971 World Series. This time, at the age of 37, Clemente would claim the World Series as his own. And what a magnificent performance from Pittsburgh's right fielder, the great Roberto Clemente. In the seven-game series, Clemente went 12 for 29 with five extra base hits. And his home run in the fourth inning of Game 7 would help stake the Pirates to an early lead on their way to a 2-1 to win and a championship. That is hit well. A Clemente home run, and the Pirates lead 1-0. It looks like he had a break to take that on the plate. That's his 12th hit. He's one short now, tying Bobby Richardson's all-time World Series record of 13 hits in a seven-game World Series. He had a triple and a homer yesterday and a home run today. Let's watch his swing now. Look at him. Tee off. Everything in that 180-pound body whipping around. This one he pulled the left center. Most of his hits were By this time, Clemente and the number 21 had become synonymous. A generation later, it was an honor to wear 21. Sammy Sosa from the Dominican Republic requested the number. There's Sammy Sosa way back. Might be out of here. Could it is. Holy cow. Paul O'Neill, an American, did the same. Oh, yeah. Tie game. Paul O'Neill. Goodbye into the night of New York. And so did Carlos Delgado, early in his career with the Toronto Blue Jays. When you don't have any time, you don't get to choose your number. So... First of all, you get handed on something number 66 or 77 or 78, and then I got number six. And then when I had the opportunity to actually ask for it, it was after Greg Myers left. Greg Myers wore number 21 when I first got there. And uh, 
I don't know, the way it works. You need, you need to get a couple of hits and a couple of home runs <laughs> under your belt to start requesting stuff in the, in the big leagues. I don't know if it's still like that, but when I was younger, that was the way it was. So when I finally got the opportunity, I know what a Clemente number meant to me. So I asked for it and I got it. And I wore it for a couple of years. And then a fellow by the name of Roger Clemens, you might heard of, he came to the Blue Jays and he respectfully asked me for my number. And obviously, out of respect and seniority, I gave him the number. And then I switched numbers again. But whether I had it or not on my back, I understood the responsibility to bear that number. You know what I'm saying? And I try to wear it proudly, respectfully, responsible, because I know what it meant, these values, what represent for Puerto Ricans. So it was a great opportunity to be recognized with the Clemente number. The 1972 season was coming to a close. The Pirates had salted away the East Division title. A postseason series with the Cincinnati Reds awaited them. But before that would take place, on September the 30th, Roberto Clemente was on the verge of a major milestone. At the time, only 10 players in Major League history had amassed 3,000 hits. Clemente entered the game against the Mets, one hit away from joining this exclusive club. Matlack on the 0 1. Bobby hits the drive into the gap in the left center field. There she is. Just full of double. Papers flying, everybody standing. A double for Roberto. Well, I wasn't going to get in any place else. It's no, it's no, it's no matter. I, I know in my mind that I wasn't going to get it. If I was going to get it, I was going to get it in Pittsburgh because, as I said before, uh, Pittsburgh is uh, like my home and uh, the fans in Pittsburgh, I, I, I tell you, right, it, it is something that uh, uh, this is the best thing that ever happened to me, to have the Puerto Rican people on one side and the Pittsburgh fans on my side because I don't think that I have never, uh, never done this, what I have done in baseball. Uh, that wasn't for the fans. He was the first Latin American player to reach the milestone. And it would also be his last regular season hit. The number one thing that you heard about Clemente was about his kindness and his work in the community. December 23rd, 1972. An earthquake strikes Managua, the capital of Nicaragua. From CBS News headquarters in New York. This is the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite and Eric Severide in New York, Morton Dean at the Manned Spacecraft Center in Houston, Tom Fenton in Paris, Peter Kalischer in Paris, Robert Pierpoint in Washington, Daniel Shore in Washington, Jeff Williams in Chicago, Ike Pappas in Kansas City, Missouri, and Bob Schieffer in Norfolk, Virginia. Nicaraguan officials in Miami today issued an urgent appeal for blood donors. They said there's an immediate need for 20 to 25,000 pints of whole blood for the victims of Saturday's earthquake in Managua. Other relief supplies are on their way. The United States sending $3 million in food, medicine, tents, purification equipment, and other aid. Looting continued today in what's left of the Nicaraguan capital, with troops doing little or nothing to stop it. An estimated 5,000 people are killed. Two months earlier, Clemente had traveled to Managua to coach the Puerto Rican national team in the Baseball World Cup. In the aftermath of the earthquake, Clemente organized the delivery of relief supplies to Nicaragua. 
But suspicious of whether the goods were reaching those in need, Clemente decided to fly on one of the relief planes to make sure for himself. On December 31, 1972, New Year's Eve, Clemente and four others took off from an airport in Puerto Rico. Minutes later, the DC-7 crashed. There were no survivors. The phone call at 6.30 this morning was like a nightmare, a hell of a way to start a new year. In his 38 years of life, Clemente gave more of himself back to humanity than most of us will give in a lifetime. He loved people but hated big shots, cherished his friends but despised bigots and phonies, and had the perceptiveness of a biblical prophet. Clemente was easy to respect but very hard to love, unless, of course, you knew him well, and then you loved and respected him equally. His success as a baseball player was only used as a platform to make the world a better place in which to live. Roberto Clemente is irreplaceable, and the irony of his death is that he died as he lived, helping those who were not able to help themselves. I will miss him dearly. That same commitment that he had to help people and so on, it's, it's ultimately the cause of his demise. I mean, when they did all the research and investigation, you know, into why that plane crash happened, the reason was because they were thousands and thousands of pounds overweight. And the reason why they were overweight is because Clemente wanted to bring additional aid. So that is certainly one of the things that people always talk about Clemente, who he was as a person off the field. And certainly that is why the Roberto Clemente Award exists and what recognizes your achievements both on and off. On and off. The Roberto Clemente Award, given annually to the Major League Baseball player who best exemplifies the game of baseball, sportsmanship, community involvement, and the individual's contribution to his team on the field and off, as Marley said. Who did more on and off than Roberto Clemente? The award was created in 1971 and was renamed in Clemente's honor after his death. The 2006 winner, Carlos Delgado. I, I got nominated by the Mets and uh, when I got the call that I wanted, I was so happy. Once again, there were 30 people in that list doing fantastic work, great players. Not all of them were Puerto Ricans, but as a Puerto Rican, I knew exactly what it meant. I knew I knew quite a bit about the, the life of Roberto Clemente and having that recognition was phenomenal. We're talking about it the other day and I was kind of showing off uh, the price I have it right here behind me. And uh, I always said that the community work, you do it because you think it's right. You do it because it's in your heart. You don't do things to get recognized. But if somebody do recognize it and it helps to promote a better quality of life for those in need, so be it. So it is the most fantastic award, most important award that I ever won. You know, it's very dear to me because what Clemente represented. September 9th, 2020, Roberto Clemente Day across baseball. And this year, something special will happen that hasn't happened before. It started with the idea of everyone in uniform on the Pirates wearing number 21. That idea came from the first-year manager of the Pirates, Derek Shelton. 
and I wanted to try to honor him. So I kind of brought it up to our president and owner of something I wanted to do. And then, you know, everything's happened in the world and it kind of got uh, pushed off. And then as we started back up again, I talked to one of our vice presidents, Brian Stroh, and said, hey, what do you think about this? So we got in a situation where we called Major League Baseball and, you know, they wanted us to talk to the Clemente family. So I talked to Luis and Roberto Jr. And we had multiple conversations and I just explained my passion for 21 in a Pirates uniform and the fact that I thought it would be something really cool to honor their father. And it's not only honoring Roberto, the player. I think one of the things our generation needs to realize, or not even our generation, the generation playing now is how great a humanitarian he was and the fact that the award is named after him that they give and so we went back and forth and the boys thought it was uh, a great idea and we got uh, the commissioner's office to agree to it so here we are uh, you know getting ready to wear 21 and it's going to be one of the cooler things honestly I didn't realize how big it was going to be until I got on a zoom call for Puerto Rico the other day that Joey Cora had helped set up because Joey's on our staff and to see the people that were on there and to see the passion in Sandy Alomar and Carlos Delgado and Louis Rivera in that group's eyes about being able to do it in honor Roberto, it's really heartfelt. That was a great day. I mean, uh, when I got the invitation, I said, well, this is pretty cool. But when I signed in and I saw, uh, as you mentioned, Derek Shelton, Joey Cora, Louis Rivera was there, Alex Cora was there, Sandy Alomar was there, uh, Jose Flores was there a lot of the Puerto Rican coaches that are currently working in the big leagues and the Pirates taking the initiative and making this announcement was fantastic. So we will always be grateful to Derek Shelton for uh, pushing uh, this initiative. We're very proud of the work that Joey Cora has done and we're extremely happy for him because I know he's going to be the first Puerto Rican to wear number 21 in Pittsburgh since 1973. So uh, that's phenomenal. So it, it was it was a great day as a Puerto Rican. We all understand what Clemente means, but now the world can actually see it. And, you know, we want to promote that conversation and say, the kid that tune in and say, oh, hold on, why is everybody wearing number 21? So we want to promote that conversation. It's not just a fashion statement that that day we're going to wear Clemente jerseys. It's just what it means, you know, the core values that Clemente brought to the table. And not only did he talk about it, you know, he lived it. So he, he walked the walk and talked the talk. And that's the most important thing about his legacy. Again, Blue Jays manager, Charlie Montoyo. On behalf of my Puerto Rican brothers, uh, MLB for letting us do that. And, and also want to thank for sure, uh, Derek Shelton, because I know he had to do a lot with this, you know, getting this going. And, and Shelton called me before this happened that he was trying to do that. And I said, Shelton, you have no idea how much I appreciate that. And he got it done. So I, I appreciate it very much. So Clemente will be honored in Pittsburgh, as you would expect. There's already a bridge named for him that crosses the Allegheny River from the downtown area to the ballpark. And the wall at right field is 21 feet high. Another great touch. But then the idea grew larger. Other players started asking if they could wear number 21. So MLB has decided to allow all Puerto Rican players and coaches to wear 21 for a day. No one in uniform who calls Puerto Rico home had worn number 21 in many years. 
Carlos Delgado was the last Puerto Rican player to ever wear 21 on the field of play. It has been a very respectful thing that Puerto Ricans have done. It isn't that they haven't been allowed. It isn't that, you know, Charlie Montoya couldn't have gone to the Toronto Blue Jays and say, could I please have number 21 wear? It's that they find that to be sacrilegious. It's something that you do not do. You do not request, right, number 21 as a Puerto Rican person. Now, with this letter from the Clemente family and signed by all of Roberto Clemente's three children, and they said, we are giving you permission to put that number on. And that is the moment that is so special for all Puerto Rican players. And you know what? Not only for all Puerto Rican players. One of the things that we know is that tons of players, and not necessarily all of them of Latin descent, have reached out to the Players Association to see if they could honor 21. Because this is the first Latino Hall of Famer, and it is someone the way Jackie Robinson is for the game, right? And and the incredible mark that Jackie Robinson did, breaking the color barrier for Puerto Rico, for Latin America, for the game that is right now, you know, over 33% of Latinos, the reason why a lot of those Latinos are there, it's because of Jackie Robinson, but also because of Roberto Clemente. Baseball waived the five-year waiting period for Clemente to be elected into the Hall of Fame. That had only happened once before for Lou Gehrig, whom baseball wanted to enshrine before ALS took his life. Clemente was also the first Latin American player to be elected into the Hall. His numbers, of course, are Hall of Fame worthy. 3,000 hits, four batting titles, a 317 lifetime average, 12 Gold Glove Awards, and an MVP award in 1966. But Clemente was and should always be remembered for being much more than just a great player. Baseball honors him today for the person he was, even more than the player. I just thought it was time that you know we not only honored the player, but more so the person. The reason why this game is so rich today, the reason why you root for Ronald Acuna and Vladdy Guerrero and Lourdes Gurriel, and the reason why those guys are out there is because of Roberto Clemente. My favorite quote from him is when he said, you know, anytime that you have an opportunity to make a difference in this world and you don't, then you are wasting your time on earth. And I think that was just so cool and I want to follow that. If a 10-year-old kid, Carlos, came up to you, whether he's Puerto Rican or American or Canadian or Dominican or Venezuelan or, or anywhere and said, Mr. Delgado, Who was Roberto Clemente? What should I know about Roberto Clemente? What would you tell that kid? Well, I would tell him that Roberto Clemente was probably one of the most gracious, most complete players that ever played a game of baseball. Then on top of that, he was probably one of the kindest, most generous person that you ever met, you know, to the point that Roberto Clemente was on a plane with supplies flying to Nicaragua on New Year's Eve in 1972 to help victims of an earthquake. So if that doesn't put it in perspective, there's something wrong with whomever we're explaining to. Clemente, an all-time great who left his mark between the white lines, but had even more of an impact beyond the game. Our thanks on this episode to the Sportsnet Archives Department, MLB, and WPXI in Pittsburgh for sharing some sound with us that we hope enhanced your enjoyment of this episode. This Clemente episode was produced by Amil Delich. We really hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun putting it together. Until next time, I'm Dan Schulman.
when I was a little kid, uh, I want to, to be a, boy, a baseball player. I, this is something that I, I, I think about. The more I think about it, I convinced that God wants me to play baseball. And more than that, I think I came to the, uh, to the world for some reason.